It's an honor to see you at our Sunday night service. We're glad you're here. And uh, this teaching series is going to be all about, you know what, what to do with the time that we have here on earth. Uh, you know, uh, lots of times uh, it feels like time is running out and people are wondering what to do with their life. And so we're going to want to talk from the vein today of, of what are we supposed to be doing uh, during this particular life. I'm going to get you guys to hold on to this ball for a few minutes, all right, if you don't mind. So, And again, let's give our dunkers a big round of applause. Fantastic. And, uh, you know, if we were actually preparing to play a basketball game and it was the championship game and the clock was running out, as you saw here just a few minutes ago, and we had basically the game on the line, the championship game, where we were going to win millions and millions of dollars. And I had the ball. Can I see the ball, Peter? All right. Fantastic. And I had the ball. What would you expect me to do with the ball if you were on my team? You would want me to slam dunk it. You would want me to shoot the ball, right? I take advantage of the opportunity. I mean, there's only a couple of seconds left on the clock. However, if I chose to take the ball during that championship game, and I had the ball, there's two seconds on the clock, and I decided to kind of hold on to the ball, you'd be looking at me like, come on, bro, the game's on the line. Now, we're one point behind, there's two seconds on the clock, you have the ball, and you have the opportunity to shoot the ball so that we can win uh, the championship. You would, you would think I was out of my mind if I held on to the ball. Or what if I, I chose to just kind of Take a minute and say, oh, wait a minute, I, I'm a little tired, and so I'm going to camp out, and I'm just going to sit on the ball. You would be like, no, take advantage of the opportunity while there's time on the clock to take advantage of the opportunity. Or if I just decided to do away with the ball and hide the ball, you would begin to scream at me, and you would begin to say, hey, you know what, you need to shoot the ball. And what we're going to do today is we're going to look at how we've all been given a clock. And that clock is running out. But what are we supposed to do with what's in our hands, let's call it the ball, while the clock is running out? And we're going to look at a story that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 25 about what happens whenever the clock begins to run out. Now, this is an amazing story because basically Jesus was asked the question in Matthew 24 before he tells this story in Matthew 25. He was asked the question by some followers about when would the end of the earth happen? When would the end of time happen? You know, and there's still a lot of people asking that question today. I mean, could we be in the last days? Is life almost over? Is the world about to come to an end? And, and if we were so focused on that and missed the opportunity to shoot the ball while it was in our hands, you know, we would get to the end and we would be like, man, I shouldn't have been so focused on the clock and I should have been focused on, on the opportunity. And Jesus tells this story about opportunity against the backdrop to that question. When will the end of the world be? 
I want to read the story and we're going to talk about it uh, for a few minutes because this is a story about opportunity and may this story speak to your heart today and forever change your life as the clock is going tick tock, tick tock. Matthew 25, we'll begin with verse 14. This is what Jesus said when he was asked, when will the end of, of time be? He says, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Look at your neighbor and say, what's your ability? What's your ability? What's your ability? Ask them what their ability is. He gave it in proportion to their abilities. He left to go on his trip, and the servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant who, with the two bags of silver, also went to work, and he earned two more. But the servant who had the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground. He held his ball. He hid the master's money. He hid the ball. Though the clock is running out, this one servant chose to hold on to the ball, not shoot the ball, not take advantage of the opportunity. He, he held on to it. And he goes on to say, the servant who received that one bag, he, he, he hid the master's money in the ground. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and he called them to give an account of how they had used the money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, to, to shoot, at, shoot at life, and I have five more. The next one he comes to, and he asks him, he asks him basically the same question. He said, uh, and the Bible says that the master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And then the servant with the one bag of silver, uh, he came and the master, the master said to him, he said to the master, in other words, he says, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, a harvesting crops you didn't plant, and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. Here's the ball back, coach. Here's the ball back, master. And then, but the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I'd harvest crops I didn't plant and gather crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank and at least I could have gotten some interest on it? And then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver, the one who will shoot the ball. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken, will be taken away. Remember, Jesus is telling a story to teach a lesson 
about what to do as the clock of life is running out. They ask the question, when will the end of the world happen? Jesus gives an answer with a story and basically he's like, quit worrying about the clock and stop taking it, start taking advantage of the opportunity. And this is really significant because this is not a story about amounts. This is not a story about what is your ability and my ability because it's a story that we all have an ability. But what are you going to do with the ability that God has given you in the time frame that he has put you here on earth? And so whether you're a five talent, a two talent, or a one talent, the story is about opportunity. It's not about what you have or don't have. It's about are you going to take advantage of the opportunity, this opportunity called life, while you still have time on the clock? Are you going to hold the ball or are you going to shoot the ball? Are you going to hide the ball or are you going to shoot the ball? Are you going to sit on your, oh, on the ball or are you going to shoot the ball? And that really matters. And that should be a challenge to you. Because I can tell you right now, the clock is going tick-tock. It is going tick-tock, tick-tock, and the clock is running out. Some of us are getting older. We're getting closer every day to the king's return. And Jesus tells a story about a king that went on a trip. He tells a story about how a king went on a trip and gave his servants abilities to invest while he's gone. And he's basically saying, will you take the opportunity and shoot the ball while you still have the opportunity? Because whenever the king returns, he is going to entrust his servants in eternity with more responsibility, especially those who invest in this life what they have for kingdom purposes. It's an amazing, amazing story. So what I want to do over the next few minutes is talk a little bit about it. And I want to look at what is the difference between the one who basically hid his talents, hid the the master's money, versus the ones who invested. And I encourage you today to really begin to look at the one who sit on the ball and didn't take, take advantage of the opportunity while they all still had time and then begin to not be that person, but be the person that gets out of your seat and begins to engage and do something significant with your life while there's still time on the clock. And so I wrote down a few things about the one who didn't shoot the ball, who didn't invest. And I wrote this down. Maybe he didn't invest or shoot the ball because he didn't understand the master's vision. And that's a really important question to ask yourself. Do you really understand God's vision? Do you really understand what God's vision is for your life? While you're on the playing court of life, while you're here on earth, because God does have a plan and he does have a vision and he has a plan for every individual and he gives every individual uh, ability to invest while they're here. But look what it says. It says here in Matthew 25 verses 14 and 15, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip, called together his servants and he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities, and then he, he left to go, to go on the trip. And so basically what 
it says is God knew or the master knew the abilities of his servants. And he knew what he expected out of his servants. And so he decided that, hey, they're all going to invest. They're all going to make the, the, the master more money while they're gone. And so I'm going to... I'm going to give it to them to the proportion of what they're able to really, really do. And he entrusted different amounts to, to, to different servants. But the interesting thing is, is there was an expectation. The expectation was when I return, you better have done something with what I put in your hands. Because if you haven't done anything with what I put in your hands for for that particular master, that particular king's sake, then the reality of that is when I return and you chose not to do anything with what I placed in your hands, it will be taken away from you. The story says it will be taken away from you and it will be put in the hands of somebody who is responsible, who will take advantage of the opportunity and step forward and shoot the flipping ball. And so many of us, you know what, we choose not to um, do something because we're like, maybe, oh, oh, well, they got more than I've got and I've only got one ability or, or one, you know, opportunity to shoot, shoot the ball. So I may lose mine, so I'm going to hold on to mine. No, no, no. The master's vision is simple. And the master's vision is he expects us to step forward and invest in his kingdom once we come into his family and do something great with our life. And so I encourage you, if you're just sitting and watching the show and you're not using your talent and your abilities to, to really help the kingdom win, help the master's kingdom grow, then maybe you need to consider this story and maybe you're looking at the clock and you're like, hey, you know what? I've got plenty of time because I'm only 19. And, you know, there's, there's still time left on the clock. I, I'll do that when I'm 40. And the reality of it is we don't, none of us know when our last breath is going to be. We don't, any of us know when our clock is going to run out. And so instead of focusing on the clock, and maybe you're in here today and you're 80. And you're thinking, man, you know, hey, you know, I'm getting closer to the end and I've done so much with my life. Well, well maybe God intends for you to live to be 115. And you know what? You're going to waste the next whatever 25 years of your life because, you know what, you are choosing to think I'm going to quit at 80 and I'm going to retire at 80. I just need to declare to you today in God's kingdom and God's family, there is no such thing as retirement, okay? And, and don't waste any more time. Don't waste any more opportunity. Life is opportunity. And every day you wake up and your feet hit the floor, it is an opportunity to invest in the kingdom. And that's what God's expectation is. It's what you were created for. But we've got to understand the vision. Listen to what Matthew 28 verses 18 and 20 says. The Bible says that Jesus came and he told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. In other words, I am the master. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach the new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And 
And that's amazing to me because that is the master's vision. Go into the world and help other people understand who Jesus is and make disciples and teach them to follow Jesus. But the interesting thing is there's no formula. There is no formula. It's just a vision. But what a lot of us will begin to do is, hey, I've got to, I've got to understand the formula and because I don't understand uh, the formula then I can't, I can't do what the masters say uh, do. And I want to declare to you today, it is simply this. Be fruitful in your journey with God and multiply. That is the master's vision. While you have time here on this earth, be fruitful and grow in your relationship with the master and multiply. Spread like a wildfire. Begin to help other people understand who your master is. Begin to invest in your eternity. Begin to make a difference by making deposits, kingdom deposits, in other people's life. You were created for this. You were created for a good work. You were created for kingdom purpose. You were created for a relationship with God. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, We are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good works that God created for us to do before the foundations of the world. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, that basically God's design for us when we come into his family is this. God who brought, brought us back to himself through Christ, and, and God has given us the task of reconciling people to himself. That is the task, helping others be reconciled to God, helping others know that they are sinners just like you are, and that Christ died for their sin. He has forgiven them. He will deposit the Holy Spirit in them, and then they are to learn to be obedient to the Holy Spirit of God, and they are to be fruitful, and they are to, be, they are to multiply. But what we do a lot of times, instead of, instead of following the vision, we begin to want to create a formula. Well, that, that formula is, is this. You, you've got to do church this way. No, you do church God's way. And by the way, you are the church. And it should always honor God, and it should always communicate who God is to the community. But there is no certain formula. There is no certain uh, cadence. There is no certain, you know, you got to sing three songs before the sermon. Though we create that, you know what? God didn't say sing three songs. Oh, maybe four if you've got time. And then do the sermon. No, no, no. It, the, the, the system is this. Maybe God wants to put the sermon before the song. Maybe God wants to put the offering first. And if you show up on time, you could give in the offering. It would be awesome. Maybe God wants to do the offering last. So that people come. And, and what I mean is the order of service is amazing. We need to create it. We need to think through that. But, but church is so much more than an order of service and the weekend of service. A church can be happen all week long. Matter of fact, it's what we're doing over at the conference center. Many of you miss this. It's what we've been doing here at Extreme Nights all week long is ministering to the community. 
We've been investing. We've been shooting the ball. We've been making disciples. We've been helping other people see God in us and through us. We haven't just been learning about God ourselves. We've been pouring, pouring out through the various gifts that God has given us. Some people are adults. Some of them are teenagers. Some of them are women. Some of them are men. But we all, with the various talents that we have, have been pouring out to the community. And our purpose in pouring out to the community is to be fruitful and multiply. We are shooting the ball. And so maybe the one who held on to the ball, held on to his talents, he didn't understand the master's vision. The second thing that I wrote down is maybe he didn't invest or he shoot the ball. It's because he got caught up in comparison. That's really easy to do, isn't it? Well, you know, I, I'm going to let them uh, do it because uh, that, that's really, you know, how they're gifted. And, and, and the local church, understand, you do have a gifting. And you do need to allow, allow room for other people's gifting. But that doesn't mean that you don't let, you don't, uh, or you just let everything go because it's not your job. I can tell you right now, if you own a business, one of the one of the things you do not want to hear out of your employees is, oh, that's not my job. That's not my assignment. No, no, no. If you work for an organization, it's everybody's assignment. And what I mean is if the building's burning down, you get a flipping fire hose and you start putting out the fire. Come on, somebody. If there's an emergency, everybody jumps in. If there's opportunity, everybody shoots the ball. And, and, and everybody grabs, grabs hold of something and, and, and does something. But, but we, we formulize church in such a way and we compare, oh, you're so gifted at that, sweetie. That's all you need to do in life. Really? No, 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 no. See, see you're getting in the comparison game. I mean, if all I did was hold a microphone and preach, this place would... I don't know what it would be. I mean, it would be crazy. You know what I'm saying? But, but, you know, sometimes I have to do other things. Sometimes I have to be the flipping janitor. That's how you start stuff. That's how you do things. And, and, and am I gifted at being a janitor? No. <laughs> but can I tell you, I, I take it on because it's a responsibility and it's a, it's a, it's a servant's heart. And, and again, I, I do believe that this guy is probably caught up in the comparison game. It's why he don't shoot the ball, and it's why he hides the ball. He's like, well, I just don't have as much as they have, and I don't have as much opportunity as they have, and I'm just not gifted like they are. Listen to what it says, Matthew 25, verse 15. It says, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. And then he left, he left on his, his trip. Now, what's amazing about this to me is, as we read through the story, the one with the least amount distributed to him is the one who also did the least amount and invested the least amount. In other words, he kept 100% of what was invested to him, and he hid it away because he wanted to hand the ball back to the master at the end. But it's interesting because the one with two had more to lose than the one with one. And the one with five even had more to lose than, than the one with one. But it's what's, what's crucial to understand here is the one with five and the one with two, though they had five and they had two, 
They didn't invest part of what they had. The Bible says they invested all of what they had. The one with two invested two. So he had more to lose, but he put more on the line. The one with five had more to lose, but he put more on the line. And so, you know what? He took a bigger risk than the one with one, though the one with one did nothing and held on to his, you know, and I can hear the one with one. Well, you know, if I had five, I would invest two. Don't miss this. No, no, no. If you won't invest with the one that God has given you, you will never invest with the five. You will never give all with the five if you won't give all with the one. And the the significance of this is so many people get uh, caught in the comparison game and and they begin to say, hey, you know what? I would do it if, if I had what they had. I need you to grab hold of this today. No, no, if you're focused on the clock and the clock's running out and, and you, you're not taking advantage of the opportunity that you have, I'm inviting you to step forward and use what God has placed in your hand. And no matter if you're old, young, doesn't matter if you're male or female, God has placed something. You have an ability for the kingdom. What are you doing with what you have? That's the question to ask yourself while the clock is going tick-tock, tick-tock. God is more interested in not the amount that you give or serve or do. He's more in, in, uh, into what is your heart in it or, and are you doing what you can do with what he has placed in your hands. Listen to this amazing story that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. The Bible says that Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, He sat down near the collection box in the temple and he watched the crowds drop in their money. So he watched how much people were putting in the offering bucket. Jesus. That's crazy, isn't it? Jesus sits by the offering bucket and he's like, Titus, I want to see what you're putting in there today. Let me step down this row and I'm going to see how big of a check you wrote today. And what's interesting is Jesus is sitting by the offering bucket and people are dropping in huge checks, big checks, major checks, but pay close attention. The Bible says many rich people put in large amounts. In other words, let's put it in our modern day culture. Somebody put in a $10,000 check. Hallelujah. I wish that would happen here. It would be awesome. But here's the context of the story. Then a poor widow came and she dropped in two small coins. Don't miss this. Jesus called his disciples to him. He called them over and says, hey, I got, a, I got, a, I got something I want to teach you right here. Come, come over here next to the offering bucket. He says, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. See, this lady was all in. Though she had a small amount, she was given all she had. And I'm not just, I'm not talking about money here. I'm talking about your life. 
And, and so this lady, though she had a, a, a small portion, she was investing all she had in what Jesus is saying. There's some people with some big portions and they're making contributions a tiny bit out of their surplus. And he looks at his disciples and says, this lady right here has taken full advantage of the opportunity that she has and she literally has given more according to my standards in my kingdom than the person who just dropped in the $10,000 check because her heart is connected to purpose. And you know what? She is taking advantage of the opportunity while there's still daylight here on earth and she's doing what she can with what she has she ain't comparing what she has to the man who's dropping in the $10,000 check she's just stepping forward and doing what she can because it is her ability, it's what she has, and she is stepping all the way in. And man, I find this fascinating because, see, what Jesus is saying against the backdrop of the clock ticking out, when will the end of the age happen, is Jesus is saying, take advantage of the opportunity while there's still time on the clock to take advantage of the opportunity. Do what you can do. Stop comparing yourself to everybody else. It's not about comparison. It's about stepping forward and doing what's in your heart and what God has called you to do. And, you know, I've seen that even happen in this church. I, I, I've seen people who have the ability to give much, much more financially. But can I tell you something? I've watched little widow ladies with just coins in their pocket give all they have in their pocket and do what they can do in order to help move the kingdom forward. And I do believe that they're going to hear some major words when they get to the other side. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You did good. You stepped up to the plate. You did what you could do. And again, it's a matter of the heart. It's a matter of are you doing what you can do with what's, what's in your hands. And the, and the master is saying, look, just... Just step forward and take advantage of the opportunity while you can take advantage of the opportunity. The last thing I wrote down is this. Maybe the one with the one didn't invest because, because he didn't have the right relationship with the master. You know, this happens a lot of times. People don't invest in the kingdom of God because they don't have a relationship with the king. The right relationship with the king. And there is a right relationship with the king. And the relationship with the king is understand who the king is and you know what? Understand the king is for you, not against you. Understand that the king wants to build you up, not tear you down. Understand the king wants to give you direction. He don't want to press you down. He is into helping you get better. He has boundaries. He has directions, but it's not to hold you back. It's to set you free. And I don't believe that this one who didn't invest had the right relationship with his master. Look what it says. Matthew 25 Verses 24 and 25. Then the master said to the servant with the one bag of silver, he came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. Pay close attention to verse 25. I was afraid. I was afraid. I was afraid I would lose your money so I hid it in the earth. 
look, here is your money back. There's so many people in the local church. You can come on out and play, David. There's so many people in the local church who, who basically they sometimes serve God out of, hey, I'm afraid of God and afraid of what might happen if I don't serve God. And understand, the Bible does say we are to fear the Lord. We are to respect the Lord. And if you're, but, but God don't want you to fear him and be afraid of him. As a matter of fact, the angel came many times to many people throughout the history of the Bible. And one of the favorite words of the angel when they would come to people is, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. God is for you and God is not against you. Don't be afraid. God wants to use you. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. The Bible says that this particular man basically was afraid of the master and thought the master was going to basically be disappointed in him. You know, when he got back, if he invested and, and it didn't pan out. I need you to understand today that God is for you and not against you. You know what? And if you're afraid of God in the way that you're fearing what he's going to do to you, if you don't perform, you need to have the proper relationship with God today. Because God ain't about your performance. He's about his love for you. And do you understand his love for you and what he did for you on a cross? Because it will drive your performance to be an investment for the kingdom. But if you are acting towards God out of fear of what God is going to do to you, you need to understand these words today. John three seventeen, I did not come into this world, Jesus says. To condemn the world. I didn't come into the world the first time to judge the world. He says, I came into the world to save the world. And the way I came into the world to save the world is to show amazing love and gratitude and give my all on a cross so you could respond to amazing love. I didn't come into the world so you'd be afraid of me. I came into the world so you would know how madly in love I am with you. Don't fear me now. You need to fear me in the second coming because when I come back the second time, I am coming as a judge and I'm putting all evil under my feet. But I come the first time so you wouldn't be afraid, but you would step into a relationship with me. And so if you're fearing God today in such a way that you think that he is against you, you need to hear that the reason he came to earth is because he's for you. He sees more in you than you see in yourself. He wants to extend that to you today. And he don't want to be, want you to be afraid. And though the clock is running out, what he desires more than anything is for you to come to him and begin to let him do a work in your life and do something amazing in your life and through your life. It don't matter how many times you failed. It don't matter how many times you stumbled. God will find you right where you are today as the clock of life is ticking out and he will allow you to step in that relationship with him but you have to make a decision you have to make a decision to make it personal see the king and the master is all about personal 
He's all about a personal relationship with you and me. He's all about pouring into us and not taking away from us. But the question is, have you surrendered to the King? Do you really know the love of God and what He wants to do in you? Man, He wants to be your hero. He's a master not to lord over you, but His expectation is that when He extends this amazing love to you, that you do something with that love while there's still time on the clock. Because I can warn you and I can tell you right now, the second time that Jesus returns and He is coming back, He refers to himself in this story. He is going to reward greatly those who are madly in love with him and fall in love with him and invest in his kingdom. But for those who are irresponsible and do nothing for kingdom's sake, you know what the Bible says? That's going to be taken away. It's going to be taken away from those people and given to people who's going to be responsible in eternity. And there is is responsibility in eternity. You need to understand this today. You're not just going to be floating around with angel wings going to have kingdom responsibility and it's going to be amazing. So I invite you today to be responsible with what God's placed in your hands. The clock is ticking now. Tick tock. Tick tock. Tick tock. But are you going to focus on the clock? Or are you going to focus on opportunity? Let me pray for you. God, you're an amazing, amazing God. And God, I know that many of us in this room today have had some incredible, incredible challenges in this thing called life. But Jesus, you did come the first time. And you have entrusted so much to us as we saw your amazing love as you served humanity on that cross. And Jesus, we know because of your service to humanity on that cross and, and you pouring out the different abilities and the different talents to people that what we want to do is We want to invest those because we know that you're for us and not against us. We want to make a difference for your kingdom's sake because we know as a master you're going to come back and we're going to give an account for what's in our hands and how we handle our life here on earth as you invested in us that first time. Jesus, I pray that there's one here today that hasn't received your amazing love and they're just afraid for their life. Let them know today you didn't come into the world to condemn the world came into the world to save the world that means them that means all people no matter who they are and all it takes is an act of faith and step towards you as the master of their life the savior of their life the captain of their life the ceo of their life and god if there's one here today i pray god today would be their moment they would recognize that as the clock is tick tock tick tock that you know what there's still time left on the clock and may they take advantage of the opportunity say how do I do that my friend how you do that is you simply surrender you surrender to the master's hand today you surrender to the master's heart today and he wants to invite you into his family that family is called the church that family is called the kingdom but it's truly a family and you know what there is a master there is a captain of of our life and I invite you into that today here's how you do it you say God I surrender today I turn my life over to you I need forgiveness and I thank you for Jesus offering that forgiveness on a cross as he gave his life's blood tell God thank you for that and tell God you want that cross to be for you today make it personal tell God you want that love to be for you today make it personal tell God thank you so much for the resurrection and Jesus defeating death defeating sin, defeating the grave, and resurrecting 
to give you new life. Tell God right now, thank you for that new life. Because that life is found in Christ and Christ alone. But my friend, I invite you to realize that he ascended to heaven after he resurrected. And he will return as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Tell God from this point forward, you're ready to move forward with your life. And you're ready to live for the kingdom. You're ready to shoot the ball. You're ready to take advantage of the opportunity that God has given you. If that is you today, and you said that prayer, I want to say welcome to the family. I want to say, you know what? God has amazing things in store for you. We pray that prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise in here today. Can I see the back? Thank you. This is my lovely bride, Kim. Give her a hand clap for giving me the back. My son's the referee right here on the front row. Pretty incredible, Cole. So uh, we are thankful you came today. If you prayed that prayer today, again, our, our responsibility and opportunity as a church is we don't want to make a spectacle out of you. We want to make a disciple out of you. And the very word of God and the tools in this bag forever change your life. I'm going to invite you to let somebody know out there today when you leave around our tents, our best day ever, uh, places that you know what you made that decision to follow Christ today and we're going to take this bag that has a copy of God's word one that you can read and understand and some other material to help you on your journey and if you prayed that prayer today please let our host know about it before before you leave this campus today because we believe it's the best decision you've ever made in your life and God's going to do amazing amazing things in and through your life let's go ahead and stand to our feet We're going to sing one more time before we leave today. Thanks for being here today, all right?